0: Yes, the free throws are a major problem, why the Warriors are in a 2-1 hole to the Lakers, but game four is today. What are the other problems and what are the fixes for game four? Let's go. Oh, hey there. John Lund with you. John Lund unleashed. A lot of Warriors talk for you as we get you ready for game four in L.A., The last two have been blowouts. One way for the Warriors at home, one way for the Lakers at home. Does that change tonight in LA? Yes, we'll talk free throws, but we gotta get past the free throws. But there is something that the Warriors are doing wrong in regards to free throws. And no, it has nothing to do with the Zebras. We'll get into that conversation. They need to go a little old school. I will explain this. This is not a new concept. So yeah, we'll hit the free throws, but there's a lot of other things that are wrong with the Warriors in this series being down two games to one. But I'm strangely optimistic, and I will tell you why. Thank you for joining us as we get you ready for game four, Monday night between the Warriors and the Lakers. Saturday was a complete washout. Uh, Before we get to any of that, thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you so much. Much appreciated. Please subscribe, tell your friends all you have to do is search John Lund Unleashed and subscribe. And we've got hundreds of videos and live stuff and all sorts of things like that. So make sure that you subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast and taking us along with you uh, and me for the ride. Much appreciated. All you have to do, again, search John Lund Unleashed. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast, we will uh, be with you. So thanks for taking us with you on that. And, of course, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., with the voice of the 49ers Greg Pompa, we uh, do this little old show Pop and Lund 10am to 2pm KBR 680 in the uh, Bay area the blowtorch kmbr.com we got a new app kmbr app and soon you will be able to see my uh, ugly mug at kmbr.com as well as we got the cameras going and everything so i will tell you when that will uh, get unleashed as well speaking of unleash so however you're listening however you're watching thank you so much comments questions all those things at John Lund Radio Mainly on Twitter, I'll check those. Obviously, I'll check them right below here if you're not watching live. I check them uh, under the comment section here on the YouTube channel as well. I'm also on Instagram, but I mainly check on it, on uh, Twitter. So make sure that you check out Twitter, at John Lund Radio. Thank you so much. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's get into a little Warriors and Lakers. And I'll tell you why I'm strangely optimistic before we get into free throws and before we get into everything beyond free throws and why I'm Game 4 optimistic. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can follow along. I've got it, uh, as you can see, game uh, 2-1 Lakers over Golden State and the free throws. I got beyond the free throws, and I got game four optimism. But I'll start with game four optimism, not that I'm going to go through those bullet points. I'm going to do that later. I'll keep it in order. But one of the reasons I'm optimistic is I just this is not a dominant L.A. Lakers team. I'm not saying that it's – playoff series are about matchups. And the the Lakers do match up well against the Warriors, but – this is not a LeBron James team that's going to be carried by LeBron James at age 38. I'm not disparaging LeBron, I'm not anti-LeBron. It's just that he can't carry teams like he used to. Now, that's kind of in this way that the Lakers are built. It's kind of a good thing because this is Anthony Davis's team and LeBron James is kind of taking a back seat to it and Anthony Davis is difficult and at times impossible to cover for the Warriors really on both ends. He's a major problem. And other guys can get involved, especially at home. We talk about this all the time. The role players at home tend to play better. D'Lo played better. You know, Reeves played better. You know, that's just what guys do. They play better at home. Conversely, Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Poole and, you know, the guys for the Warriors, they tend to play better at home. This is just kind of how it is as far as the NBA is concerned. They just feel more comfortable, whatever the case may be. Maybe they get energy from the crowd, whatever it is. Role players tend to play better at home. Your really good players can play well wherever, and that's kind of where the the series lies. Now, let's just start at the beginning, and like I said, the reason I'm optimistic is this isn't LeBron's going to carry. Now, for stretches, he can. Let's just start with the free throws because everybody wants to complain about it, and first and foremost, as far as conspiracy theories are concerned, there's no conspiracy theory. If you look over the last number of years, the Warriors and Steph Curry get better numbers than LeBron James and the Lakers, so there's no conspiracy theory to get LeBron James a championship. Again, hit me up on the comments section. What would it be? LA's a larger market. It's about TV sets. It's about who's watching. And who's watching is nationally when the Warriors are on and when Steph Curry are on, is on, the numbers are bigger. I mean, just go back and look at the, the Sacramento series. It was the Kings, but it's the Warriors. They're the team that that brings people, brings eyeballs to the TV set. So this conspiracy theory stuff Doesn't hold any water. Uh, The reason why I put underneath there, it says free throws, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, it says plus 372 and minus 275. This isn't accidental. The Lakers were plus 372 during the season in free throw attempts, and the Warriors were minus 275. So if you're paying attention, and some things carry to the postseason, some things don't, but if you're paying attention, this isn't a massive surprise. The Lakers were number one in the league in free throw differential. And again, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not trying to get the Lakers to the championship. It's none of those things. Here's one thing that nothing that nobody has talked about so far. There's an art to all of this. And it's frustrating because a number of years ago, there was supposed to be a flop rule in the NBA. And none of that stuff's enforced anymore. And it's, i got to be honest with you, for me, I don't know about you, hit me up, at John Lund Radio. It's difficult to watch the NBA a lot of times because whoever's getting the best acting is getting the, the calls. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it's, it's the official's fault. That's just the way the game is called. So I don't care who it is and what game you're watching, what series you're watching, what conference you're watching, whatever the case may be, guys dive and flop all over the place. And when Vladi was doing it, it was like, okay, finally they had had enough and they 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 changed the rules. I mean, LeBron at the end of, of halftime of game two just flopped and there was no one around. Dennis Schroeder flops like Vlade Divac used to. The, the Warriors don't do it. It's just not taught. They don't do it to the level. I shouldn't say they don't do it. They don't do it to the level that the Lakers do. But the Lakers are getting rewarded for it. So I don't know if you can change mid-series about how you philosophically do that versus the other team, but the Lakers are great at drawing fouls. And it's not only just the flopping and the falling and barely getting touched and going back 10 feet, and they're in Hollywood, so they that's how they act, but that's just the game. And so whether you hate it like I do or like it, the fact is it is what it is and it's the way the game is called. So no matter what the sport is, you've got to acclimate to the way the game is. Now, clearly the Warriors don't do that. They don't draw fouls well, and not only that, where the Lakers will go to the rim, the Lakers will take the contact, the Lakers will act, the Lakers will flail, the Lakers will fall, the Lakers will scream, however it is to get a call. They're much better at it than the Warriors are. That's just a fact, and the officials call it. So you can get mad or you can get frustrated, but they play the contact. The, Lake, the, the Warriors fade away on shots. It's not just three-point shots. I'm not talking about that. But it's just not the way they play the game. And the Lakers do play the game that way. They do flail, they do fall, they do, you know, if they get breathed on, it, it's it's just the way it is, and officials are watching so much on the floor, it seems to me, that they just don't, they don't pay enough of attention to it, and so the calls just go one way, because one team knows how to do it, and that's just how, that's how the series has gone, it's not an accident, it's not a, it's not a you know, they're not against the Warriors, they're not trying to move the Lakers on, it's not that way, but if... It used to be played, and this is Phil Jackson did this, and I've been covering the league for years and years. And Hopovich did it, and Jerry Sloan did it, and Phil Jackson did it, and Chuck Daly did it, and you know, it just got to be it. I don't know why the Warriors don't. Again, they don't play the game on the floor, the foul game, and they don't play the foul game off the floor because after game three and then they had a media session – on Sunday and Steve Kerr said it wasn't the officials and Kavon Looney says we can't worry about the officials and Steph Curry says we can't worry about the officials because if we do that, then it takes us out of our game. But the way it used to be done as part of this cat and mouse game and back and forth and to try to get the officials in your, in your favor because they're human beings is you have to talk about it. And it's, and as I put up there again, and you probably know the number it's ninety three forty nine in the series, it's minus 44 in, in takes not makes, but takes. and, You've got it. You've got to say something. You know, it, they're they're just being too nice about this whole thing now. Maybe behind the scenes they are probably out. They are, but it needs to be something public to tell the officials like this is not right. This is wrong. This is something, and it's not bitching and moaning. It's playing the game. Phil Jackson used to do it between every series. I covered the Lakers and the Pistons in 2004. I was I was covering the Pistons, I covered the Bulls and the in the Jazz. I've covered a number of these playoff series, and it's just it's part of the process of it. Because because referees are human beings. Now, they know it in the back of their mind, but if you're going to just take it and let them parade to the free throw line, you can't win this series unless you do what you did in the first two games, which is badly outshoot the Lakers from the three-point line. Now, in game one, it didn't work, but it could have. And in game two, it did, and it worked out in a huge way. The major problem, in addition to the free throws, just from a purely plus-minus standpoint of their plus 20 in free throw makes, it's going to make it really difficult on you. The other thing is the Warriors want to get out and push the pace against the Lakers. The Lakers are one of the poorest teams in terms of transition defense in the NBA. Well, you can't you can't be in transition if you're constantly pulling the ball out of the net after another free throw. And in game two, they were able to push the pace and get fast break points up and get get easy points. The Lakers are good in their half-court defense. They're not as good in the transition. So if you're out-rebounding them like you did in game two and you're not allowing them to get free throws, then you can get out and you can run. So it's not only the plus-minus and you're losing on the free throw line and you're getting in foul trouble and they're getting in the bonus and there's all that, but you're also not getting your offense out and getting any easy baskets, so now everything's in the half court. So there's a lot of different reasons, okay? So first of all, you got to be better in drawing fouls yourself. Even if that's not what you do, you have to change philosophically to become better at it. Because whether you, as a Warriors fan, just want to bitch and moan and bitch and moan and bitch and moan and say, they're getting all the calls, but they're better at it. They're better at it. Not only from their style of play, but they draw fouls. There's an art to drawing fouls. And the Warriors just don't do it very well. So that's that's a, that's a organizational philosophy that they've got to get better at right now. Not in the offseason, right now. That's part of it. Secondly, they, in the off days, they have to put the onus on the officials. This is not fair. Even if the Lakers are plus 372 and the Warriors are minus 275, they got to fix that now. They can't just say every single game we're going to lose this, this free throw battle. They can't do that because then every other aspect or most other aspects of the game has to be perfect. You have to outshoot them from the three-point line. You have to cut down your turnovers. You have to like all these other things because they're getting free points. Constantly, and the game is stopping, and you're not getting easy baskets, and all those different things. And then the third part of it, and I know this is overly simplistic stop fouling so much. If they're going to get a hoop, they're going to get a hoop. Make them earn it. Just okay. Fine. I'm not saying play Olay defense necessarily, but I'm saying make them make shots. Stop bailing them out because some of the fouls are just flat out stupid. Fouling jump shooters, you know, make them make shots. Stop fouling so much. The Warriors have done that forever. For a team as good as they are, the turnovers drive you crazy and the stupid fouls drive you crazy. And whether you want, again, whether you want to believe it or not, they're doing it. Stop fouling so much. That's part of this process as well. So there's a lot to this whole thing. And like I said, play the foul game, bitch and moan, bitch and moan between. Don't, Steve Curry's been like, hey, it's not the referees. He needs to say, look, this can't continue. This is BS and maybe they are maybe they maybe they're submitting to the league behind the scenes after you know they're being nice guys and trying that approach but that hasn't been the approach in the past in terms of teams you know the Phil Jacksons and the the old school guys they bitched and moaned between games and said this is BS we're not getting the calls like you've got to do that to these officials you got to talk you got to talk about it i think uh now let's go beyond free throws right we're done we're done with free throws i'm done bitching and moaning about free throws Uh, they need to to make it closer like they did in game two, not games one and three, but let's stop because that's not the whole reason they're losing. This is where I'll agree with Steve. And beyond free throws, what I have on the YouTube channel is Curry and dot, dot, dot. So in other words, if you look at champions throughout the history of time, and I use this term, you put it in the bank, right? And this happens in every single sport. So if you have a team, and it doesn't matter the sport, who can you put in the bank every single night, right? In other words, who's going to perform and you know that they're going to give you a certain amount? And those are the teams that win because the th- things that fluctuate in any aspect of life, not just sports, the unknown, all right? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. We all have friends like that, right? The un It's like, oh, that flaky guy or that flaky girl or that uncertain person. We don't like that, and we don't like that in sports. Just tell me as a fan just tell me what you're going to give me every single night. And if you're bad or if you're good or whatever, then I can adjust all those things. But the uncertain is not good. So, like, when the Warriors were winning championships, you know, Curry, Durant, Clay, put him in the bank. Those guys, you knew what they were going to do. Draymond Green, you knew what he was going to do. Right? As I look at this series right now, who's in the bank? Who do I put in the bank every night that I know what they're going to do? Steph Curry. All right? And he's even fluctuated a little bit to his normal self. And I'm not saying that he needs to score 50. But what I'm saying is Steph Curry is a constant. All right, I, I can put Steph Curry in the bank for game four. I know what he's going to do. And he's probably got a Curry flurry in him. I'll get that that in a second. Even though he doesn't shoot well in this building. But, okay, Curry's it. Klay Thompson had a great game too. Not really other than that. I don't know what the hell Jordan Poole's doing, and he gets abused on defense, so if he's not giving you anything on offense, that's a problem. Andrew Wiggins hasn't been consistent on either end of the floor. Gary Payton hasn't been consistent. These guys were consistent last year in the playoffs. Two-way wigs, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. You can put those guys in the bank, GP2. And, again, I'm not saying GP2 is going to score 25. I'm saying whatever your role is, you're playing it to the to the best of its ability every single night. I put you in the bank. Boom, 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 boom. Who 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 can you other than Curry? Who can you put in the bank in this series for the Warriors? That's a problem because it's all these guys free throws, free throws, bitch and moan, bitch and moan. Give me the guys that are in the bank for the series. It's Curry. That's it. Every other guy on on either end of the floor, maybe you're good offensively one night, but defensively you can't get it done. Like it's just they just haven't gotten. Consistent guys, and generally speaking, when when teams win NBA championships, they have three consistent guys, and then other guys can fluctuate. And like I told you, based on where teams play, whether they're home or road, then you'll get a certain performance out of the role players. You don't get consistency out of role players. That's why they're role players. But you have at least three guys that you can put in the bank every single night. The Warriors haven't gotten that in this series. So they're down two games to one. They deserve to be down two games to one because Steph Curry is the only constant in the bank. For this team, they haven't gotten consistent performances out of at least three guys. And then you hope to get some performances out of your role players, even on the road. Like, okay, that one guy stepped up. They don't all have to, but you need some performances out of somebody, but it's not going to be consistent. Like in game two, you got one at at a green who started, right? You'd get the double green starting lineup. You know, sometimes you're going to get those consistent performances. You know, like Looney was consistent all through the Sacramento series. But now that you're playing some puzzle and chess pieces, maybe he's not starting and he's trying to adapt. So he hasn't even been a consistent like he was in the Kings series. So you don't know. GP2 hasn't been consistent. DiVincenzo hasn't been consistent. Jordan Poole hasn't been consistent. Like, you just don't know. Last year in the playoffs, Jordan Poole was pretty consistent. It was like, put him in the bank too. You had a lot of guys that you could put in the bank for the Warriors last year. This year in this series, you just haven't. There just haven't been enough guys who have been constants in this series through three games. Uh, The tired excuse is when I got beyond the free throws. Now that games two and three were blowouts on either side, one for the Warriors, one for the Lakers, the rest of this series, because we went into this series and so many people, oh, my gosh, both these teams are older, and they're going to play every other day. What are they going to do? That's not a consideration now. The older guys have gotten rests for one reason or another. The Warriors blow out the Lakers, then the Lakers blow out the Warriors, so they're not playing 40 plus minutes. They should be able to all play 40 plus minutes the rest of the way. If Steph Curry needs to play 40 plus, great. If Clay does, if if Dre does, if you know whoever, they should be able to do that, which is which lessens the impact or lessens the amount on the floor for guys who just aren't getting it done. And that's the other thing too. You're down two games to one. You can't go down three games to one on Monday. So Steve Kerr has to play this, and in, in, this happened in the Sacramento series as well. There are certain games. Game one of the, game two of this series was that they went down one. Game one at home to the Lakers. Game two, Steve Kerr had to treat that like, okay, it's not must win because I only like to say must win if a game is actually must win. In other words, you go home. But this is a critical game for the Warriors. You're, not, I don't think you're going down three-one and winning this series. I know they did it against Oklahoma City. I know they were down two games to Sacramento. But this is not a team that's intimidated by the experience and championship rings of the Warriors. So you can't go down to me, get three games to one, and win the series. So Monday night is a close to must win as you can. I call it a critical game. It would be very nice if you won it. And so you've got to play Steph 40 minutes. You've got to play Dre 40 minutes. If a guy, and I don't care if it's Jordan Poole or whoever else, if they suck in a stint, find somebody else. Keep working. Is it going to be Moody? Is it going to be De Vincenzo? Is it going to be GP2? Is it going to be Kaminga? Is it going to be, you know, Jermichael Green? Like, who, who's working that night? They get minutes. And if you're not getting – if you don't do it, if you're not playing it, if your head's not in it, like Steph Curry said in the speech before Game 7 in Sacramento, sit down. This is a critical game on Monday night. Steve Curry is the coach like that. Uh, slow AD. I, look, you're, I, it's interesting if you look at his – playoffs to this point he's every other ad every other game it's ad but i'm going to assume on monday night that he plays well for the first time in these playoffs two games in a row because if i'm darvin ham i'm sitting down going there's no one on their team who can stop you you're the biggest and you're the baddest man on the court and it's not lebron's lakers anymore it's your lakers so play consistently i expect him to come out and play well And if Draymond Green is still all that which he claims he is on podcasts, anybody who will ask, I'm the best defender, this, that, and the other, then this is the game to show it. I don't care what you did in 82 games. I don't care what you did before now. This is a critical game for Draymond Green to at least slow down Anthony Davis. You don't have to stop him. He's too big. He's too bad. But he can't be as efficient as he was in games one and three. He can't dominate the way that he did in games one and game three. If he scores 25, he scores 25, but it's got to be the hard way. Can't be through free throws. Can't be through easy elbow jumpers. Can't be through uh, tip-ins. Can't be through layups and dunks. He's got to work for everything. And Draymond Green's really the only guy. If they're going to play the one big, which I still think they're going to do, I think they're going to go smaller. Because if you go, if they put Looney and... Draymond Green together, there's two non shooters. If you put GP two on, there's three non shooters. If you put on a defengenzo or a pool and they're not on that certain night, whatever the case may be, but the reality is Draymond's gotta be great and they have to slow down Anthony Davis. Uh again, I'm saying beyond free throws, the dumb turnovers. And 19 turnovers. The Lakers got a bunch of points. A lot of their turnovers in the playoffs have been live ball turnovers. That's easy baskets for L.A. A lot of times L.A. in this series, uh, look, they out threed the Warriors in game number three. That's one of the reasons they got blown out. Free throws and the out them. You can't let them do that. You can't give them easy baskets. And then I put S-slash-L-A-D. One of the reasons why we call D'Angelo me, Angelo, or just Angelo because there's no D, the Warriors aren't making the lesser defensive players of the Lakers pay for being on the floor. The Lakers are making the lesser Warriors defensive players pay for being on the floor, or they're making their less offensive players by not guarding them. They're doing that. So if you're a one-way player and not a two-way player, the Lakers are taking more advantage than the Warriors are. D'Lo is not a good defensive player. There's a number of guys on the on the Lakers who might be decent team defenders who are not great individual defenders, and you have to make them pay. And the Warriors aren't doing enough of that. If D'Lo is going to have the kind of game that he had in Game Three, then you have to make him pay on the other end. And that goes for all these guys. Anthony Davis has got to rest a lot on defense. Now he's played well, but what I'm saying is, is he can float in the key. LeBron James is 38. He's a lot of times hasn't had to play defense. You're not taking advantage of D low enough. They're allowing, there's individual matchups that the Warriors can take advantage of, and they're not doing it. So, again, you can bitch free throw, free throw, free throw, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of other things going on that are not free throw related that are a problem. And then the last one is, and it should be inexcusable, especially at this point game two, they played harder than the Lakers. They played more desperate than the Lakers. They played with greater urgency than the Lakers. In game three, the Warriors did not play with greater urgency and they did not play harder than the Lakers. And look, if you're on the road, there's no excuse for that. That's the least you can do. Play hard. Play with urgency. It's 1-1. Well, now that you're down 2-1, I fully expect them to play that way like they did in game seven against Sacramento, whatever the case may be, the urgency, which a lot of times throughout a regular season when you've won the amount of championships that the Warriors have, have, have won, they get bored. Well, you're down two games to one, and if you go down three games to one, in my opinion, you're not going to win the series. So play with urgency, play harder. I know that sounds stupid and should go without saying, but I think if you watch game three, they didn't play as hard. They didn't play with the urgency that the Lakers did. And a lot of times in sports, that's the difference. Play smarter, play with urgency, play harder. They didn't do any of those things in game three. Finally, game four, optimism. And again, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you so much. Uh, game four optimism bottom left 28 with a road win that's what should give you optimism if you're a warriors fan 28 consecutive playoff series with a road win now could they go down three to one go back home make it three to two yeah go to la there's that road win three to three go back play a game seven win that yeah they could they can win three in a row against the Lakers but I don't know how you feel about the, the Warriors, but playing a game seven against the Kings, playing a game seven against the Lakers, even if they could get by, then you've either got to take on Denver or Phoenix, which, by the way, that series is now tied at two games apiece. And and we're constantly talking about one of my least favorite subjects at that point. Uh, they're tired. Well, when I started covering the league, everybody played 45 minutes. Jordan never came out except for at the end of quarter, like maybe with a minute left so he could get that blow between quarters, and then he went right back in. Guys played 82 games. Guys didn't have the travel. Guys didn't have the diet. Dennis Rodman was going to, to Vegas between games. He was fine. He had a ton of energy, and he was partying all night. I just I hate the excuse of tired because it never was talked about. It was never, ever, ever, ever uttered. It just wasn't. Not by players, and if you asked Jerry Sloan, he'd rip your head off. I never, ever asked him that. Is your team tired? And I think somebody did once, and he just went, what the hell does that matter? It just wasn't talked about, and now it's constantly talked about. But it's by your own doing. You didn't have to play seven games against uh, against Sacramento. You could have won that game six at home. You don't have to go down 3-1 and then have to play potentially a seven-game series if you want to get out of this series. Tired is not a, an excuse to me. So 28 consecutive with a road win. LeBron... I spelled his name wrong. I'm sorry there. Uh, LeBron is 38. And, look, I'm not disparaging LeBron when I say that. It's just a fact. He doesn't carry the team for the stretches he used to. Now, some that's a good and a bad thing because what happened with those Cleveland teams is he did carry them. They weren't as good, and they all stood around and watched him and waited for him to do something. This Lakers team doesn't do that. Now, he's still a very good player, and he forced stretches – can do some things, but he's never been a great natural shooter and he doesn't go to the rim as much just because that's tiring. But at key points of the game, he will. If he keeps it close, they keep it close. He can, at key points of the game, go to the rim, drive like a Mack truck to the rim. Those are the kind of things he can do. He doesn't do it as consistently. So if you keep a game close, LeBron James doesn't take over games the way he used to, which, like I said, is kind of a good and a bad thing. Uh, game four, optimism, every other AD. Now, I honestly, I don't expect it to be every other AD on Monday. I expect Anthony Davis to play well, but the track record through these playoffs at least has been good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. I mean, look at the Memphis series. That's exactly how that worked out. Game one of this series, 30-23 and 23 dominated. Game two, 11-7. Game three dominated. When he plays well, the Lakers are pretty much unbeatable. So if I'm Darvin Ham, if I'm LeBron James, if I'm any of his teammates, it's like, bro, we could go up 3-1 on the Warriors if you just have the attitude to dominate. But he hasn't throughout these playoffs. So optimism, every other AD. Curry-Flurry, that's not a Dairy Queen treat. Curry-Flurry hasn't had one of those in this series, like he did with 43 against Boston, like he did with 50 against Sacramento. Now maybe this team just can throw enough at him defensively where he can't do that. Maybe this has been and it has, if you look at the numbers in this arena, even before it was Crypto and it was Staples and all. that. Steph Curry and the Warriors in general have struggled shooting in this arena. I don't know if it's the fact that I think Madison Square Garden's the only other one that does this, where they do the theater lighting, where you have the light on the court and then everything else is dark. The crowd is dark. By the way, they don't do that for Clippers games. It's a rule. L.A. won't let him do that, so it's the same arena, but for a Clippers game, you can see the crowd. But they do that theater lighting. Some have speculated that Steph struggles with that. I don't know why he would, but the reality is, the reality for whatever the reason is, psychological, illogical, uh, in his head, not, whatever, reality, fake, I don't know. He just hasn't shot well in this arena. That's got to end. They need a curry flurry. And finally, three-ball bounce back is the last one. I just don't think the Lakers can continue to shoot that way. They were plus two, which means plus six points, plus with the free throws, and I'm not going to talk about the free throws anymore. The Warriors have to outshoot the Warriors by great lengths because I don't think the free throws are going to change all that much. Now, if it's plus 20, and I'm talking about makes versus, you know, it was plus 20, it was plus 16, those are going to be hard to overcome, but you've got to outshoot the Lakers beyond the three point line because that's not what they do. And that is what you do if you're the Warriors. So, in the first two games, they won the second one. They were close in the first one after that 14 0 run to um, tie the ball game. And they, that game was there to take. But in those first two games, one was close, one was a win. They badly outshot the Lakers on the three point line. And then in game three, they got blown out because you combine the free throws with the fact that the Lakers, by a couple of threes, outshot the Warriors, and there's no advantage for the Warriors anywhere. So they've got to hit the threes, and it hasn't been a great place for them to shoot. doesn't matter. they got to have a three-ball bounce back is what I'm calling it, a three-ball bounce back. So there you go. What do you think? Game three. Give me your thoughts underneath, whether you're a Lakers fan, Warriors fan, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on the comment section here. Also at John Lund Radio on Twitter. What do you think of Game Four? What do you, you can talk free throws if you want to. I'm beyond that. There's a lot of things that the Warriors need to clean up beyond free throws. And at some point, you just say, okay, if it's plus ten or if it's plus, you know, whatever. But the fat when it gets to be plus twenty, then you've got to be perfect in every other in so many other ways that it's going to be difficult to win this thing. I am still optimistic. I think the Warriors have good matchups here. I don't think they have played. Game two, they played very well. But in games one and three, too many stretches where they didn't, especially in game three. They lost their composure in the second quarter when they were up 40-29, to and they got to find some combinations. By the way, a lot of people have uh, tweeted at me and texted and all that kind of stuff about the starting lineup. I don't care. It's about who finishes. doesn't matter who starts, to be completely honest. I don't think they're going to start Jermichael Green. The only reason they did in game two, or excuse me, game three, it's gonna work in game two. He'll go back to something else. Will it be Looney? Will it be Poole? If I was a betting man, I'd say it be it would be Pool just so they can get him started. Because they gotta get the three point ball back. Give me your thoughts on game four. It's unleashed with me, John Lund from the Locked On Podcast Network.